From St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas, this is The Five O'Clock, a weekly podcast of our Sunday 5 p.m. service. I'm Patrick Miller, the rector of St. Mark's. Welcome. At the 1738 New Jersey Annual Meeting of Quakers, abolitionist Benjamin Lay made the biggest scene of his life. Standing just over four feet tall, little Benjamin, as he called himself, was no stranger to controversy. At a previous meeting, he had stood coatless and shoeless in the snow to demonstrate the conditions that enslaved people were forced to work in. This time, he fully expressed his flair for the dramatic. After giving a fiery speech in favor of abolition, he drew a sword and stabbed a hollowed-out Bible that he had pre-prepared with a bladder full of red berry juice, splashing the metaphorical blood all over his uh, fellow Quakers that had owned slaves. He declared, So too the sword will be sheathed in the bowels of this nation if you do not stop oppressing those of African descent. Lay made his own clothes from reeds that he grew himself, ate fruits that he gathered, and lived with his wife in a natural cave, so that they would not benefit in any way from the labor of slaves. All of Lay's seeming eccentricity stemmed from his religious belief that all humans were children of God. Further, he believed, as mentioned in the creeds, that one day Jesus will return to judge the living and the dead. Lay wanted to be ready for when Jesus returned, and he tried to live his life in such a manner that he could stand proud when that day finally comes. As we this Advent await that same day, John the Baptist has one instruction for us. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Like Benjamin Lay, John the Baptist was an eccentric figure. Instead of flax and reed, John the Baptist wore camel's hair. He ate locusts and honey instead of fruits and goat's milk. And he lived in the wilderness of Judea instead of a cave in the Pennsylvanian countryside. Despite all this, he was a charismatic fellow. He attracted interest across social boundaries, from working people that might have been indentured servants themselves, all the way up to the religious elites of the time, the Sadducees and also the Pharisees. Even some politicians sensed something in John the Baptist that they admired. There aren't many people that, for example, I could call a brood of vipers without really alienating most of you. But John the Baptist, he seemed to be able to not only do that, to to call people a brood of vipers to their face, but somehow grew in popularity after. He was the genuine article. He had no hypocrisy. He seemed to live the life that he was preaching, and maybe that's what afforded him this uh, charismatic interest in those that he is (laughs) telling that they are sinful and need to repent. Later in Matthew, Jesus says that among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. He was the real deal. And this, of course, makes his message all the more uncomfortable. One of the greatest people to ever live And here he is telling us, we need to get our acts together. However, I'd posit that some of our discomfort comes because we don't know who Jesus really is and who we really are. John knew. 
despite being such a good person that Jesus would basically say no one greater has ever been born, John believed correctly that he was not worthy of carrying Jesus' sandals. I don't know about you, but I'm not big on celebrity. I don't put a lot of stock in thinking that somebody who can sing very pretty or bring a character life on screen is more worthy than anybody else. We're all just people at the end of the day. Even still, despite this, if you told me any random celebrity, you know, if, if Meryl Streep was coming to my apartment, I'd go into a panic. I'd make sure everything was clean and then try to see if I had any food or drink that I could give to her. I'd uh, throw everything in the closet, right, just so that it, everything looked presentable. And again, this is not necessarily uh, somebody of great moral worth or, or somebody that I admire. It's just, a, you know, just any celebrity. I feel like I would want to make sure that I am presenting my best self for them. And how much greater still than Meryl Streep is Jesus, right? Jesus is the Son of God the Father. <laughs> yes, he is fully human. And we can, if you're like me, be tempted to view him as just some other guy. But no, 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 no. This is Jesus, fully God, Son of the Father. How much more should we live our lives in a holy and honoring way for Jesus than for Meryl Streep? And that's one of the main points of Advent. Every year we simultaneously celebrate Jesus' arrival into history and anticipate his return. Let us therefore, in this time of anticipation, get our house in order. Let us bear fruit worthy of repentance, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Sure.
This episode was produced by St. Mark's Episcopal Church with special thanks to our band, led by Cameron Deason-Hammond. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, so join us every Sunday for the 5 o'clock service at St. Mark's, 3816 Bel Air Boulevard in Houston, Texas, or visit us online at stmarks-houston.org, stmarks-houston.org.